to Bickering Peaks with your hosts, Aiden and Lindsay. All right. So Aiden and I are here reluctantly re-recording an episode that the owls on our computer have managed to screw up completely. Yep. We are not happy campers. <laughs> but we are very excited to be able to discuss this episode yes. with you once again. Well, with you with you for the with first time. With you for time. the first time. With, between, between us. us the again. second time. Yeah. I mean, it's not the second time we've talked about this episode. This is a good episode, and, and we've talked about it before a lot. But, yes. Um, but yeah. So for you guys, it's the first time. For us, it's not. Yeah. We're going to try and pretend that this is the first time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make it interesting. We won't go over... I mean, there was even some things I did... Like, so we rewatched again mm-hmm. uh, just to f- refresh our our brain cells and uh there were some things i hadn't i hadn't caught in that first uh rewatch so yeah so it'll be good we'll we'll go over everything in this episode yeah Uh, the episode is drive with a dead girl oh oh before we before we get into any of that i just um i wanted to give a shout out to the fine folks at twin peaks revival who sent us a a great good luck song to record uh or to listen to before we recorded um and we have listened to it. And, and now we're ready to go. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we had our little dance party. We we got jiggy with it. Is that? No? No. 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 90s call. It wants its reference back. It, it wants you back. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, thanks, guys. And thanks to everyone else who uh, wished us good luck as we... Yes, we um, recorded this. This is the third week in a row that we've had some kind of technical difficulties yes, with the podcast. So we hope that bad luck comes in threes, right? Is that... Is that the the old wives' tale, the superstition? I have never heard that, so yes. Okay, well, that's that's a new thing. It's a thing now. So we will have no problems next week, right? Knock on wood. I just knocked on my skull. Because I'm funny that way. I really miss my calling as a dad. I really did. You really did, yeah. The dad joke is so strong with me. You are very good at dad jokes, but not much else, unfortunately. So the episode is... Drive with a Dead Girl. Yes, season, season two, two, episode eight. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Lindsay, what are the what are the relevant details? Well, it was written by Scott Frost, who is Mark Frost's brother, and mm-hmm. this is a very uh, it's a great episode. If Frostian, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's a it's a great <laughs> episode. It's got a lot of really great linguistic uh, flourishes, I guess. Yeah. That I, I would say is something that the Frosts tend to deal yes. in. Yes. Yes. Certainly, Mark Frost. Anyway, yeah. so um, it was directed by Caleb Deschanel. And uh, it aired on November 17th, 1990, and takes place around March 10th, 1989. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so... Um, th- I, oh. I wanted to say, I had a brief note here about yeah. how um, the last episode, which uh, you'll remember was the big uh, Who Killed Laura Palmer reveal. Mm-hmm. We get the, the uh, murder of Maddie yes. Ferguson and the reveal that Leland Palmer is behind it all. Um, that episode drew 17 million viewers, yes. which is a big jump yeah. from previous weeks and, uh, and probably the, the largest audience that they'd had since, well, certainly since the premiere, but, but I mean, the season one episodes were all in this range yes. or higher. Yeah. Like the premiere was in the 30 millions, I think. So, yeah. so this is quite, um, quite significant. Yeah. Quite significant jump. And then, but down here. Yes, this episode dropped four million viewers, so we're down to thirteen million, and and it does continue a downward slope. Yeah. I think we get one more peak before the before the, the season two continues. doldrums yeah. kind of uh, set in, and things take a bit of a nosedive. So, yeah. um, just to for context, it's it's an interesting. No, and it's true. I mean, the the big 
Now that the, the raison d'etre of Twin Peaks was who killed Laura Palmer. So now right. that that's been answered, it's understandable that some people at least were were turned off, especially when they find sure. out <laughs> it was her father. So, but I mean, it's it's. I mean, we don't want to base the whole thing on ratings alone. Like there are no, still no. some standout episodes coming oh, yes. up and some great storylines that, that come up. We we don't ah, on the surface, I guess we kinda do, you know, deride season two a lot. But well, I think after Laura after the the reveal of Laura Palmer's killer and it, this struggles. conclusion of yes. of Leland's arc, I would yeah. say, uh yes, after that it does it, it, it wanders a little, a little. Yeah, it doesn't know what to do. But next. it's not. And we've talked about that many. It's times. not terrible. And, no, and no. There's should, still some really, really good episodes. We should and... really be careful to say that it's. No. A lot of people. Paint really all season take two a dump is, yeah. on season two, and that's not fair because yeah. there's some really great stuff coming up. Yes. Um, and this is one of those episodes that is still has that um, because we know that that Leland is the murderer, mm-hmm. but uh, we and also know that. Uh, uh, Sheriff Truman and Agent Cooper have arrested Ben Horn for the murder. Nobody else in town knows that Leland is the murderer. So, and I have to say that at the conclusion of the last episode, uh, there were all those characters being very sad, mm-hmm. knowing that something was wrong again. Right. And, and the giant appeared before Cooper and said, yes. it's happening again. Yet this episode, everyone, every, it's like that that scene in the roadhouse never kind of happened. Well, or, or it just, it didn't, it didn't inspire any, any efforts on anybody's part to find out what was causing I think, that. I think you might be right with some of the secondary characters and I'm willing to forgive that because they're not as important as as the main characters. But I think that you see a change in Agent Cooper's approach to the case in this episode. And it's, it is something that um, that is prevalent throughout the entire episode. Um, and And it's a noticeable shift from the way he's been kind of I don't want to say lazy in his investigation for the last few episodes, but but it, yeah. now it seems like he's taking uh, he's he's changing his his style back to something that resembles you know the season one rock throwing Tibetan dream interpretation yeah. Agent Cooper that we came to know and love um, at the very beginning. So and and it does lead him it it bears fruit. Yes, yes. That. Let's so, say that. Yeah, that works. Um, so we always start with the, well, the German. Yes, as much as possible. Yes. So you want to you want to give that? Yeah. Up? Let me look it up quick. Spazerfarts it mit einer Toten. Spazerfarts I don't know. <laughs> and, and yeah, it translates to drive with drive with the dead girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. Well, I think we did a translation one time. I don't think that's well, exactly you, how it came out. No, I know, but you you said that um, something interesting that I just remember from listening to our last conversation yeah. briefly before it crashed. Yeah. Um, that fart meant drive or car or, or something. speed or, or something speed. like that. Yeah. Because we have a friend who speaks Swedish, and yes. you made a tenuous link between the languages. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, to be go an idiot again. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just there's, to go into that or... there's not much there. Not that much that there. was it. You've, you've made the connection for me. It's okay. just a funny word. Cause I, the joke was my friend was always like, I didn't get why people were laughing when they were saying fart. Cause it's not a word that they learned in English in school mm. in Sweden. And so but fart they've... was, was speed, I think, hmm. or drive maybe. I don't remember. Um, so when he came to Canada and people would make fart jokes and he, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't get, get it. it. Yeah. He's just like, why, like, does it mean the same thing? Like, he was just confused, and I thought that was funny, right? because fart's just a, a very funny word in English, I guess. 
I wonder if it has the same cachet in Germany. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. They're, they must have other words that are much funnier. Well, especially if it means drive. Yeah, it wouldn't be funny at all. <laughs> but, I mean, most German speakers learn English at some point. So then it, yeah. it you know, do they giggle when they talk about, you know, going for a test drive or <laughs> no? <laughs> on the Autobahn? I'm going to go fart, on, fart the on the Autobahn. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm. Already we're like, what? Five minutes into the episode, off the rails yeah, completely. Totally. Okay. So let's let's talk log lady. Let's talk log lady. Let's get back on the the lady rail. Speaking of farts, we're going to talk about food now. Yes. Uh, she she goes into a little bit of uh, um, questioning why we need to eat, and why we need to keep eating more yes, and, and more. Yeah. And why more. do we always eat beyond what we need? Yeah. Yeah. And she says there's balance to yeah. this. That it's it's you, you can't eat too much. You can't eat too little. So you have to find a balance, but we always end up end up eating more, and it throws off that balance. And then she goes into this this discussion about how balance is a hard word to balance, yeah, because it has seven, seven letters. letters, and seven is a difficult. Yeah, number seven to is a different number, and I just I don't know I in my mind because it's I visualize the letter or seven letters, seven digits or whatever, and I think okay, there's one well, there's middle one, one the middle. and there's three on each side. It's easy to balance. I don't know, maybe. I, I don't know what she's getting at. Yeah, I know. I know David Lynch is fond of numbers. Uh, I remember watching the interview. Uh, it was on the Complete Mystery uh-huh. uh, Blu-ray sets, and it's him with Manchinamic, uh, Kamagoklin, Machen, sorry, yeah. Kamagoklin, and uh, one of the. Oh, I don't remember. He was a crew member. Yeah, a writer. Of, yeah, like, someone. Yeah, um, and they they just started talking about numbers, and uh, Manchin said something about. Machen mm-hmm. <laughs> said something about, oh, I, she loves 17. And David Lynch was like, nope, 17's an 8. See, 7's just perfect, but 17's an 8. <laughs> and that was it. That was his whole description. So No, but see, t- that's that's how I think, too. Yes. I, think it's, I think it's a synesthesia thing. It probably is. I mean, let's face it, David Lynch sees the world very differently mm-hmm. than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, numbers are definitely something for him. So for some reason... I wonder if he sees numbers with genders like I do. I don't know. You could tweet at him and try and I may. Yeah, he, he loves his Twitter friends. I love, that's how he starts every tweet he says. Yeah, like, dear Twitter friends. Yeah, or, it's sweet. Yeah, it's nice. Anyway, um, Anyways, yeah. but but she she does talk about division then. She says that uh, seven letters are difficult to divide, or difficult to balance unless you divide. Yeah. And that there are pros and cons to division. And I thought, I don't know, I mean, do you have any initial thoughts about that? Well, yeah, no, the whole balance thing I think is, is mostly speaking to Leland. I think and so. And the whole Leland-Bob balance um, it may be a, a link to um, the way that Cooper is, is trying to balance um, between the rational law enforcement yes, side that, that yes. Truman represents yeah. and his more mystical, own, yeah. yeah, like a, a deeper intuitive yeah. senses, yeah. Um, which come into play again in this episode a little bit more clearly than they have in, in the past. Well, and it is a struggle for him, right? Like yeah. He, he's... Yeah, it's on, at a point in this one, he's like, well, I don't think we've got the right man. I don't yeah. think Ben Horn did it. And then he has to kind of back off and say, well, no, you know what? The physical evidence points this way. I understand it's yeah. it's Truman's call to make. And but he still he doesn't more, seem that no. okay with it. So so there's, you know, if if that, if you're talking about balance, there's a couple of characters doing balancing. Mm-hmm. A lot of characters in the show. In it's, this it's episode, true. Especially Shelley's doing a lot of balancing. Yeah. Norma does some balancing yes. between Hank and her mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, but I think Leland is, is Leland definitely is the definitely center. Definitely he he is Leland. the focus of this episode. Yeah. Um, and Ray Wise, man, this Again. episode, geez, him till you know, 
he's not involved in the series anymore is just an amazing yeah, performance. Yeah, tour de force. All, all Absolutely. the way through. Yeah, so. So, uh, first episode, or first, sorry. First scene. First scene. Uh, we get the Palmer house at night. Yes. And, and we hear the screams from inside. Yes. And, from a distance. Uh, and, okay, here's something. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know it's kind of like a suburban style home, but yeah. can nobody hear this? Like, I've always kind of wondered that. that. Now, I mean, in Fire Walk With Me, uh, the, the Palmer household is right next to quite a few other houses. It's yeah. a little more traditional suburban. Well, there, it's, it's a different. Yeah, it's different setting set. yeah for sure um but i always got the sense that was kind of how it was like they they, they had neighbors but yeah. they weren't like you know you know 500 meters away or something like that mm-hmm. or half a mile or anything it was you know they were they were within earshot like yeah. you would think someone would hear maddie screaming yeah um but no um and that and that shot actually kind of emphasizes that because it is just like it's, the house it is, is, and it's dark it's and dark. all you see are the lights from inside and you hear and these you screams and they're going quite inside, far away yeah. Um, I think at some point you can hear striking sounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, it's and very, then the but it's muffled stop. in like it is, yeah, yeah. distance. So, yeah. Um, and then the, the the scene kind of fades up into morning, yeah. and a calm has settled over the place, and it really does seem like a, a very um, uh, Lynch Lynch esque Lynch esque type of yeah. of trope to have this horrible evil that takes place in this house at night it really does look a lot like the amityville horror house a little bit yeah that shot it did, horror yeah. house I, horror it sounded house. like i said horror, horror house, house. Yeah. the amityville horror house totally different totally yeah major tourist attraction that anyway <laughs> um yeah so and it and but then to have it be morning and to have that horror kind of lift well yeah and it's 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 back to being the palmer house they yeah. go across laura's picture again yeah, exactly. and, and everything's kind of returned and but you have Leland shooting golf balls in his living room. Well, that's that's the interesting thing about this scene is like it starts off, it's just a pan, and it's you just hear the sound. Yeah. And I initially thought it was hammering because it, mm-hmm. it sounds kind of like that. Um, but then as as the pan continues, you see nope, Leland's just yeah practicing his chip shots in the living room. Yeah. And like he's done it like hundreds of these shots. Yeah, there's hundreds of golf, golf balls, balls all everywhere, the place. and it seems like we've never seen him play golf before. Yeah, this is kind of a new. It's it's a very typical like suburban yeah. businessman lawyer to yeah to pastime yeah right? for sure. But the so fact that he's but, yeah. but the fact that he's doing it a for the first time b in his living room, c right after he's murdered his niece. Yeah. I mean it's 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 if we were so looking back on previous episodes, um, there's no real indication. I don't. Well, Ray Wise didn't even know that he was going to be. The killer. Uh, the killer until he was given the script basically for maybe a few episodes before well, no, that. He, but he didn't he act in it even. Right. And then they decided right, afterwards. Right. Yeah, but so. he didn't know, you know, yeah. for weeks and weeks and weeks. So there was nothing to build into those scenes that you could... Um, but now that he knows he's the killer, um, the way that he plays these scenes leads you to believe that um, Bob has completely taken over. Yeah. And certainly that lends itself... Uh, the, the, that explanation fits with the fact that he's playing golf in the house. That's not something that, I mean, we know that Leland Palmer is a little bit off kilter, but he's not off kilter enough to play golf in his house. Um, a lot of things that he does in this episode are very questionable decisions for Leland. So it does, it does make you wonder if, if he's completely been, you know, if Leland's personality has been subsumed by Bob. Well, even or for Bob, Bob is, these things don't make sense. Like, do we get to a scene where well, basically Bob's tempting himself to be caught? No, I think it, it does. I think it does make sense. I don't think so. We can talk about that when we get okay, there because sure. I, I I have a theory. But okay. anyway, anyways, Donna and James enter. Yes. Um, and they come to say goodbye to Maddie. Um, and then 
Leland says, well, sorry, the she's left. I And he says, I drove her to the bus station myself this morning. Not 15 minutes Not, before. Yes, exactly. And he, he says that, like, oh, well, she was expecting you to come last night. And Donna and James have this look like, oh, well, we were busy last night. Wink, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and then uh, he says, well, thanks for coming. Sorry, mister. And you can write to her. Yeah. And then he shoves them out the door. Um, and then once they're gone, yeah. uh, he goes to the closet. Sorry. You well, look like I've missed something. No, I just, it just, uh, we talked, uh, we've talked about this before that it's interesting that he gives himself such a weird, like he puts himself. Yeah. He's, it's a terrible he, motive. It, or a, uh, sorry, a terrible alibi. Well, it's, it's an anti-alibi. Yeah. It's saying, oh no, I saw her 15 minutes. And then when they discover her body from two, a day earlier. They would have known that she had been dead yeah. for X amount of hours. Yeah. And they yeah, they're going to know. So as soon as they question him, it's, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, or question Donna or question James or whatever. Well, exactly. Well, they're going to yeah, question yeah. him though, right. for sure. And he, yeah. if he sticks to that lie. I guess, lie, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, so yeah, this is one of the things I'm saying. Bob is, I kind of feel like the, this episode makes it sound like Bob's, Finished with Leland. He's trying to get yeah. Leland caught at this point. That's he's that was just, my theory. <laughs> yeah, he's taking, okay, well, yeah. yeah. No, but I'm saying it doesn't make much sense if Bob wants to keep inhabiting Leland. Right. No, I don't. Why think, would he? I don't think he does at this point. I really think he has done with him because of the things that he's making Leland do or that Leland is doing. Yeah. Via or Bob is doing via Leland. I'm not sure. Yeah. However, you want to interpret it. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's basically the end of their relationship because I feel like um, we've talked about this before in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that Bob inhabited Leland for Laura. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really there to be with Laura and to torture and, and yes. you know, molest. He enjoyed the molestation of Laura, right. Palmer above all else. And now that Laura's gone, and now Maddie, who was a, maybe a, perhaps a viable substitute in, in some way, yeah. for psychologically at least, is gone, then, yeah, Bob yeah, has no nothing, motive yeah, to stick with Leland, right? So, um, But we do get... The, the next two episodes of Creepy Leland, where, yeah. like you said, he goes up to, uh, Sarah wants him to go to the club to yeah. sign them up for Glenn Miller night, yeah. which I'm assuming is dancing, yeah. probably big band or swing yeah. dance. Um, but Leland goes to retrieve his golf bag. Yeah. And what's inside of it? Maddie's yeah. dismembered body. Well, I don't know if it's dismembered. It's not dismembered, but all you see is her hand. I and think you got to cut it up to, well, I guess maybe not. She, she just shows, fold her, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's morbid, but yeah, it's you just see a hand in there, and it's like, well, okay. Yeah. So she's been squeezed inside this, this golf bag. Along and, with his club. Yeah, he just throws the club on top. He's going to go to the club and, and play around, play I around guess. Play around, yeah, try out his new irons. Yeah. Um, and so he, he hoists her up on his shoulder and just leaves the house well, with first, her in the you, trunk. Yeah, first you get a quick shot of yeah. him in the mirror mm-hmm. and, and his bob. Um, As if you needed a reminder. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, it's I think it's more emphasizing that uh, Bob is taking over Leland yeah. much more frequently. Because the, the first time we get a shot of him actively replacing Leland in the mirror is right before he kills Maddie. Yes, exactly. It's not like it happens recurring before right. that. So And he certainly didn't have any of this sinister kind of... Look to him or no, anything. Yeah, before. Which so, may be just a result of, you know, them knowing that he's... Yeah. And they can reveal that they can, now. They could do more of it now, yeah. Because, I mean, there are some scenes where... Leland was looking creepy. Like, remember oh, when yes. the guys left out the house and he was just sitting in the couch and he when turned Maddie and stared. Left, yeah, or yeah. when he killed Jacques. There yeah. were some... There's, some, yeah. Yeah, some sinister things. undertones for sure there. But, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, this is def- definitely deliberate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he throws his clubs and Maddie yeah. in and the trunk, trunk of his car. Takes down the top. Yeah, and, and drives and, off humming Surrey with the fringe. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, just... Par for the course, I guess. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. So we uh, go on to the sheriff station. Yes. And, and we get Jerry arrives to. Ben. Well, he arrives to not just visit, but yeah. to save Ben. Yeah. Because he is going to act as his attorney. Yes. As he says when he. He finally Which gets is, in. I think, the first time that we've heard that yeah. Jerry is his is no, a lawyer at all. Jer- Jerry's entire legal career is in this one episode. Yeah, because <laughs> so. after this, uh, he doesn't really act in that capacity yeah. anymore for good reason, as, as mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, so yeah, he he says, "Well, I'm going to be your your lawyer because your mouthpiece has also been charged with murder." Yeah. Um, and he asks Ben first off, like, "Did you kill her, Jerry? God's sake! Sorry, you're right." Last thing a good defense attorney needs to know is the truth. Jerry, can you get me out of here? Well, they can only hold you for 24 hours without charging you. Or is it 48? Oh. Um, but it is it is hilarious because it's like, yeah, I mean, it... it I, don't, I don't know. It's just Jerry is so incompetent. It, so right from incompetent. the very first thing, he does the very first thing you're not supposed to ask, like... Did you kill her? You know, like he's And then and then he goes right into his that. briefcase and there's very little in the briefcase aside from a It's like uh, criminal law one oh one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or I think it literally just says criminal law on, on <laughs> And it's not even open before like No, it's, it's like <laughs> spine has not been cracked. Like this Jerry went to the bookstore <laughs> on and his way to the <laughs> picked up a station. criminal law book. Yeah, he's like okay. Because he should... finished last at Gonzaga University. Yeah, which we'll get to. That is a great yeah. scene where Cooper um, beats the hell out of him. So um, they uh, they talk about uh uh, alibi. alibi. If he has an alibi, and of ben course says, Ben of course, says Catherine, yeah. which is not good because uh, Catherine's toast. <laughs> and uh, and Jerry has a, an interesting quote, which uh, is there any sign of her bone bone fragments or teeth? Chart corroborating note regarding your whereabouts. Just, Jer- Jerry's great. I think yeah. I think Scott Frost really does a, a fantastic job of writing uh, Jerry's lines, or As, at least. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's uh, he's witty and kind of well witty. Well, but, witty is the witty, only but word like but out. incompetent at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Like, like witty but stupid yeah. <laughs> somehow. Like you know, it's 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 a it's a great. It's mix. not the same Jerry who was so menacing and threatening to Blackie in the first episode. This is a guy who no. who like this is more not, cheese pig than yeah, than Blackie. Smoke cheese pig than yeah. heroin dealer. Yeah, which is not quite a character reset, but no. it's uh, it's welcome to see that yes. anyway. Um, so yeah, they they get you know they don't really have much to do here, and then Jerry's like, I'm so depressed, and then then they he finds he finds joy. Yes, and they have a nice. It is a nice little scene that 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 does seem to underscore that these two are brothers and have a history. And yeah, because they, they basically Jerry's like, oh well, the bunk beds. Remember when we had bunk beds? Yeah. And and yeah, they tell the story of. What's her name? Louise Dombrowski. Yes. Dancing on the hook rug. Yeah. And um, apparently she was a babysitter maybe? Or... Well, that's what I'm assuming. I that think so. she would have been a babysitter yeah. or something. But but anyways, we, um, we just she... agree on this yes. scene. Because I really don't like this. I, I mean, I love the... I love the. This is something that Jerry would do. He'd, uh-huh. he'd see the bunk bed and be like, oh yeah, I remember this. But I don't like the actual shots of Louise Dombrowski dancing. I th- I find like the slow motion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what effect that is. It's not really slow motion, but the. It's, I don't know yeah. what that is, but uh, they add an effect to the to the scene, and it it's kind of distracting. It goes on way too long. Um, it's not visually interesting to watch. Um, the best thing about it is the reaction of the actors who played 
the the younger Horn brothers. Mm-hmm. They are they're great. They're just they like, are. oh, they're mesmerized by this this older woman who's dancing for them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very in keeping with uh, the Horn characters. But I felt like that was that was a very deliberate attempt by uh, Caleb J. Chanel to 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 emulate Lynch, like to really yeah. try and say, oh, well, how would Lynch uh, film a a thing about a babysitter? He he had filmed it for way too long and and make it really visually interesting. And it feels like it's neither of those things worked on this one but you like it i do i think it's it's a nice little scene between these two brothers that um previously have just been scheming and dreaming as opposed to actually reminiscing or having any kind of emotional connection and and i kind of like that because ben is in trouble and and jerry genuinely seems to want to help him so it it fits um john thorne in the essential wrapped in plastic writes that um Richard Bamer might have been the original source. He claims that he came up with the idea and presented it to Caleb Deschanel and that they kind of ad-libbed the whole dance scene, which mm. is a very... Well, he, what he calls it is a, is a piece of visual poetry. And I think that's that's kind of a, an interesting way of, of yeah. putting it. That's what that's what John Thorne writes. It's it's kind of an interesting way of putting it because it is... Um, it's it, it does go on for a long time and the music is very evocative of a period, a time period, Um and it and it yeah. is it's it captures a sense of innocence in these two that is very very far removed from where yeah. they are now. No, it's true. Because that, so, and that's what they say at the end of this. The yeah. scene is, Lord, what's become of us? Right. And know? I think I think that's kind of nice. Like I think it's an interesting way of of just showing how where they were and how much trouble they're in now. Mm-hmm. And so in that instance, I I don't know. And, and, and I, I love agree. the song, so I don't. Okay, yeah. I, the song did nothing for me. I, well, I really didn't. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're just gonna have to, <laughs> to agree to this. disagree. But yeah, it's it, it. No, I do I do appreciate that part of it that that it is great for showing the the brotherhood. But um, mm-hmm. I just yeah, the dancing itself got to me. I think it could have been interesting in in someone else's yeah. hands, maybe. In any case, um, so we cut back to the sheriff station. Well, I guess we're in, still there, but yeah. uh, at the front door, Lucy returns, mm-hmm. uh, and with her is uh, her sister and her sister's baby. Yes. And uh, they walk in, and this, you can tell it's Lucy's sister right away, because she's talking up a storm. Oh, yes. She has the same hairstyle, yeah. same kind of way of talking. Yeah. A bit taller, but yes. Yeah. Um, and they bump into Hawk, and... There's an interesting... Yeah, well, it's a funny little, uh, very Hawk... Uh, repartee almost yeah, yeah. where um, Gwen is Gwen is, is Lucy's yeah. sister's name and she um, insinuates that Hawk must hate all white people because of what we did to them um, she mixes up his name yeah. and he He's just alive. takes it all He's very so good like, natured He's just like mm. you know it, it, we, we would call these microaggressions today <laughs> Hawk doesn't seem to care that no, much he's used to it at this point but, um, but I, I don't know if it's just because people didn't raise a stink about this in 1990 or if it's just because he looks at her and is like it's lucy's sister yeah i'm not gonna bother you know choose my battles i guess right but but it's a nice little yeah a nice little scene strange um Um, and that's that's it that seems really brief uh so then we go back to the great northern yes and And, uh agent cooper and sheriff truman are leaving the one-armed man's hotel room where he's um being looked after by, we later find out a nurse, but also an armed guard. So um, he's not under arrest, but he's certainly not free to move around as he would want. And they're still trying to find Laura's killer or evidence of 
Bob's goings on, yeah. the goings on with the, the spirit world anyway, yeah. um, from Mike, who is the inhabiting spirit. Um, but they walk into the lobby of the Great Northern and they see Leland dancing and, and wonder if he's been told that Ben has been arrested. So, of course, Sheriff Truman, as the legal leader in the town, the law enforcement leader, I guess, breaks the news to Leland, who does not believe that this is possible because well yeah he's he's so convinced that it's shocker no my note is like eight episodes called leland like or eight episodes ago called sorry like it, it hasn't been jock for anybody uh in quite a while so it feels that always felt a little odd that he's still hung up on jock like maybe like they arrest him right away because or they arrest him when they found out that he killed jock you think they would have told him like no jock didn't well they did murder. tell him exactly they did tell him so that, why so. is he still hung up on this it, it seems odd well like, and, and you know it's it's one of those things that grief does to a person maybe but we know that he's putting on a show right so and that was the thing that i thought is that um it's a fairly convincing show if you put yourself in the position of of coop and truman well but is it because okay so here's here's where cooper's shift kind of comes in because i think that that leland's display of grief is enough for truman and it's not enough for cooper he has an inkling that something is is not right. And mm-hmm. it's very similar to the way that in the last episode, Cooper responded to Margaret coming into mm-hmm. the station. And he kind of, he doesn't hear her. He doesn't see her. It's he just senses it's her. something else. Yeah. And he turns around and comes to look at her and, and talk to her about what's going on at the roadhouse. Here, it's almost the same thing. Cooper, like Truman is ready to leave. And Cooper's like, I'll catch up with you in a minute. And he goes and follows Leland around, Leland the, corner. around the corner and sees him with his back turned. Yeah. And we, we know, see, yeah. so the, and it's shot beautifully, and I think this is really a sign of. I, I really like Caleb Deschanel as a cinematographer. He's a really great artist, I think, in terms of of his directorial choices. And this is one of them where um, we Cooper sees the back of Leland's head and, and body, but we see both of them. We mm. see the, at, from the front, so we see Leland's face, and we see Cooper kind of in out of focus behind yeah. him, but we see that that Leland is laughing. Yeah. From behind, it looks like he's crying. Yeah. And it's one of those beautiful, really, uh, it really underscores the theme of this episode that the audience knows way more than the protagonists do. Yeah. And uh, so Cooper gives some words of encouragement or, you know, if you if you hear of anything else or if you remember anything else from the night that uh, Laura was killed, like, you know, yeah. let us know. And then... Leland again Leland, puts on yeah, another like, show, oh. but then at, and as does soon as this, Cooper's gone, yeah, he, he and Aiden, goes you back. called it Bob Face. Yeah, yeah, like he goes from like, like he has like this insanely witched look on his face. Yeah. Like bewitched is the only really way to look at it. his eyes are up in uh, yeah. in the top of his head, and and his smile is just gigantic. And it's just this perverse pleasure in getting away with the crime. Because, I mean, he's... Bob is overjoyed. He's not even going to get... Leland's not even going to get caught, yeah. potentially. Like, yeah. they've got someone else for the murder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. And Rewise is great. And then he dances off yeah. the, the set. Um, I had two things about that. Mm-hmm. One is that... Uh, one that I really liked the way it was shot as well is because when kind of come around the corner with Cooper to yeah. see Leland's yeah. hunched over. And it's... It's kind of reminiscent of the shot of uh, the man from another place when he's right, first like yes. twitching and he's bent over. It's kind of the yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing, and and isn't, kind there, of, isn't there a sound cue that almost it, sounds the same? It's a little bit similar because you can hear him kind of chuckling, and and the music isn't quite as dark yeah. as it was for the for the dream sequence um, yeah. from the first season, but it's still kind of there. And I, I just I just love that that's yeah you know, kind of a recall. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but as soon as you started mentioning him turned around, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, and. 
It, that, that even comes back in the next episode because in mm-hmm. the next episode they they connect a bunch of things that mm-hmm. we weren't really sure of yeah. but um that one is a visual cue as well um but my my bigger question about this scene is is it happens very quick that cooper is mm-hmm. kind of on to leland maybe in some way right. he's not he knows there's something wrong with leland right and it happens very quickly after we as the audience found out that leland was the killer right. like it's basically the next scene where they're yeah. together he's already on to him and i'm kind of wondering why it happened so fast you know, like, and we, we talked about this, I mean, now we've talked about the episodes that follow already, because uh, mm-hmm. we're re-recording this, but when we recorded this first time, I think I asked, like, why did they go so quickly from, oh, okay, well, the audience knows it's Leland, and then the next episode, they solve that it's Leland as well. So in, in a two-episode arc, they've gone from the audience knowing to the, the law enforcement knowing, and I'm wondering why they, why it was so quick. And the next episode feels very rushed and quick to arrive at that solution. Right. Um... And here even, it feels like, oh, well, Cooper just knows automatically. And it's like, it doesn't feel earned because, I mean, Leland was always doing weird things and stuff like that. Right. So why, why, what set off Cooper well, at I this think, point? Well, I think having, you know, the mystical elements return after, you know, several episode absence, right? The giant came back in the last episode and um, Margaret stepping up mm. and... and giving some more mystical advice through the log, right? Yeah, that might, I mean, yeah, that might just answer my own question because I asked, right. like, <laughs> why, why didn't anybody respond at the end of last episode? Maybe this is Cooper responding. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at is that, is that it, I think that was, that was what kick-started him again because he kind of abandoned, well, I won't say he abandoned it, but, but he set off very uh, earnestly on the path of, with these clues that the giant gave him mm-hmm. And he was expecting, I think, all of this to to come about quickly, and it hasn't. But I think he was he was too earnest in his investigation, and I think he had to he had to kind of, unfortunately, take it easy, mm-hmm. and it it meant that Maddie died. Mm-hmm. But um, but in the course of kind of relaxing, I guess, a bit and letting the intuitive stuff come back to him, mm-hmm. and letting that take over. That's what the flow of that leads into. It, I mean, I agree with you that it takes. It, it's a very quick, yeah, shift, shift from yeah. you know Maddie's death at the end, the very end of the last episode, and then over the course of two more hours, we, you know, two days later, we find out, yeah, like Leland is is arrested. But yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So okay. no, that's that does. But I, but I do I do think that it has something to do with the mystical elements. Yeah. No. Okay. That's, that's just my enough. theory. I mean, I I was kind of asking it as like a plotting like right. a writer no, question. Absolutely. Like, did they feel the need to capture? And that's not something I don't I know. I yeah. Maybe someone out there has more information about. Or was it just like, well, we don't have anything to go on. Yeah. Like, like uh, knowing like what comes in in yeah. the rest of season two. I mean, and they they weren't building up the Wyndham Earl plot line anymore. Yeah. Um, at this point, and they it, none of the other plot lines were so uh, overwhelmingly necessary that they yeah. had to rush to those. Yeah. Right? It seems like this was really killing the golden goose, and yeah. they killed it very, very quickly. They yeah. could have drawn this out over, you know, seven or eight yeah, episodes. Yeah, and, and I think I mentioned in, in previous episodes that you know, if you were going to have this, why not have? And you knew Wyndham Earl was coming. They'd planted it. He was in the second episode, I think, of, of season he, two. Yeah. The men- Sorry, the mention of him. Yeah. Uh, you know why didn't why not start weaving him in now? Like why sure. not why not take an extra episode to start to have Wyndham Earl? You know, but start okay, that process. We're talking about this him. from an artistic point of view. Yes. 
Remember, ABC was very yes. insistent that this sure. had to be solved. Yes. So they. There yeah. Was, no, I'm sure that's that. The primary I think we just answered cause, our own yeah. question here as well because yep. the the network breathing down their necks wouldn't have allowed it to continue for more than yeah. No, fair enough. The bare minimum, right? So. Yeah, and, and, and that's probably the correct answer. I just, yeah. I just, it's worth questioning because, yeah, artistically, I would. It not, doesn't. I would not do it that no. way. Yeah. So. Maybe you should write the fan fiction. The season two the season fix two fix I like it. <laughs> I could do that. Well, I'll just, I just like to, I'd plot it out at least. I probably wouldn't write the whole thing. But anyways. Um, so yeah, we, we go, go really quickly back to the sheriff's station. Yeah, and they're back there already. Cooper, yeah. again, instantaneous travel between the two, obviously. Um, Ben's getting his blood taken. Yes. And <laughs> this is the best scene with Jerry. I think it is. Because yes. uh, Cooper, Cooper reads out his educational history. I yes. demand that my client either be released or charged. Never in all my years of practicing law have I witnessed such a, a complete and utter disregard for an accused man's constitutional rights. Jeremy Horn, Gonzaga University, 1974. Graduated last in his class of 142. Passed the bar in his third attempt. License to practice revoked in the states of Illinois, Florida, Alaska, Massachusetts. Hey, I'm not on trial here. Sit down. Do you know what this is? A book. A book. Take a closer look. Um, and yeah. It's just, it's hysterical. It is. That, that he's so, I mean. First of all, how do you practice law in both Alaska and Massachusetts and get disbarred wait, in wait, both? Wait, like, wait, wait. Say it again. Shut up. It's Mass- Massachusetts. What? Yeah, that's better. I say Massachusetts. I don't know why you I don't know it. why either. I'm sorry <laughs> to sorry anybody to all from New England. Massachusetts yeah. friends. And listeners. Yeah, I just, I'm, <laughs> once again, I can't pronounce things. Um, but it, it, it is, yeah, so um, not only that, but that he's bad at it. Yeah. He's been disbarred. Yeah, in so bad. Like, yeah, states. how do you do it in both? Like, um, like, why are you in Alaska <laughs> and then also somewhere else practicing law? It's just, well, you it's can, hilarious. Well, you can. No, I like, know, but like to be bad enough and to do enough yeah, law to yeah, get disbarred know, in each location true. is is yeah, I'm not sure quite how, a feat. I'm not yeah. sure how the bar works, how it all happens. First of all, you have to pass the bar exam in each state you go into. So. I guess that's true. So so he's he... passed the bar in every state and then also got disbarred. <laughs> it's it's Jerry has quite the storied uh, legal career in Apparently, a negative way. After Jerry asks for a minute alone with his brother, mm-hmm. I mean his client, it, which is another yeah. brilliant touch. Uh, he, he lists off the reasons why Ben's motives are being called in question yeah, and why yeah. his alibi is crap. Your alibi has been roasted. They can establish motive. And your blood may have Laura's fingerprints on it. Ben, as your attorney, your friend and your brother, I strongly suggest that you get yourself a better lawyer. Uh, which is great. And uh, so we've got the comedic elements of the comedic stylings of Jerry Horn. Yeah. But we also have this great back and forth between Cooper and Truman, which again harkens back to season one, um, the way that, that Cooper kind of took on them. Well, well, it's, no, it's bad took... cop and bad cop. They're not, neither yeah, one yeah, of them is exactly. really good. Yeah. They're, they're not playing that role, but... But they're hard, right? Yeah. They've they're and they play off each other really well, which yeah. is nice. Um, yeah. That's that scene exactly. Uh, we zip right back to the Johnson house. Yeah. And 
In light of your earlier comments about how, you know, Bobby was at the roadhouse the night before and he was quite distraught over yeah. what was going on. He doesn't really seem all that concerned no. at this point. No. He's busy listening to the tape that he found in uh, Leo's, heel. Leo's heel. The heel of Leo's boot, anyway. Yes. And uh, it's implicating Ben in the mill fire, so Bobby decides to blackmail him, but he tells Shelly that this is his Just golden it business. It. Yeah. yeah stick it in a bit. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, maybe put it. Right. But anyway, um, yeah. uh, um, and they. they lick baby food off of each other's yeah. faces it's a very disturbing scene yeah but, yeah i mean yeah. again and it's shelly just kind of like like she's obviously upset again but yeah you know bobby's promising the world again so she's well yeah she's, she's all getting it. all turned on by the fact that he's going for a corner office yeah and, yeah which seems strange but it was the yeah. late 80s early 90s i guess yeah. you know wall street was big corner so. offices were all the rage so yeah yeah bobby's got his plans um so then we go to the double r yes and Norma's mother yes. stops in. Vivian, Vivian Smythe-Niles. And boy, is she a piece of work. Yeah, um, she is. So I, I love her for... the I love the how bad she is. Yeah. You know, like she's just an unlikable person from the mm-hmm. very beginning. She walks in and the first thing she does is pulls out her own fork and samples Toad's potatoes, potatoes. to make sure that they're not flakes. Yeah. Um, just because she's just critiquing uh, Norma's thing right well, off the bat. I think very first thing she does. And that is so telling that this is what Norma has grown up with, with her entire yes, life, is a yes. mother who will carry her own fork to sample her daughter's food at her diner. And then critique it. And to then, say, and like, then, oh, yeah, well. It's mm, good. And this yeah, is, or not. Oh, and, and, then, and then to look around at the flowers and the tablecloths and make comments about this and how your figure is nice yeah you're you know you've kept it the your outfit looks great like yeah. it's like it's, it's the so, most shallow yeah. terrible and kind poor of, norma is just like uh, i got your message i i i'm glad yeah. you're here but when are you leaving yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she doesn't want anything to do with her mother right yeah it's but, that it's a weird mix of like hypercriticism and then little nuggets of compliments that yeah. you're supposed to like it's it's typical like i don't know what that it's almost like psychotic behavior where it's like or controlling it's very controlling yeah, behavior yeah, i guess yeah, yeah. Where you're gonna give someone just a little piece to keep them coming back but then you're gonna berate them and, the rest and of the time kind of no not kind of it totally explains why she goes with hank of right course. like she's used to that kind of dependence of and someone... it also explains why hank and vivian get along so exactly well, yes, right yes because so vivian's complaining about everything and me and belittling norma for waiting on the food critic uh What's, her, what's the food critic's name? M.T. Wentz. M.T. Wentz yeah. is coming to town and, and Vivian just puts her down and says, oh, that's why you tried to spruce up the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Hank arrives. No, uh, we get introduced oh, to no, you're right. Vivian's yes. new husband, husband, which is the first. reason that's why right. they're in town in the first place. They're yeah. on their honeymoon. Yeah. They decide to go to Twin Peaks of all places. Yeah. Um, but Ernie Niles is Ernie introduced Niles and he's a scumbag to the nth degree. Yeah, you can just tell the minute you see him. He's got a giant cell phone. Yes. Uh, big brick, and he's a financial analyst. I yeah, think, is how they put how it. He's described. And um, he's waiting for a fax from Tokyo, which will be waiting for him at the desk at the Great Northern. Northern and, and and you can tell, yeah, he's just he's yeah. All well, and, and obviously, I mean, when he, Norma goes to clear away the newspaper from where he was sitting with his cup of coffee, and there's a bet. Yeah, like he's page. he's a gambler. Yeah, so I mean, Norma Norma picks up on this right away. Like either she has a good read on him to begin with, or she just knows that her mother wouldn't fall for a a good guy. A good guy. Yeah, but I don't think it's out of concern for her mother that she hates Ernie. I think it's just you know she, yeah because he she doesn't want to have anything to do, do with, with either of them. Yeah, yeah, really. At the end, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Hank doesn't show up until uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, well, after the, this two next scenes, scene, yeah, we get the, yeah, the, the Great Northern. Yeah. And this is where we find out the <clears throat> Mike's uh, the one-armed yeah situation. So he kind of wakes up, 
And he announces that oh, he's close. And then he asks for a glass of water from the nurse, who dutifully goes off. Um, the cop that's waiting outside the room uh, sees her leave, goes in to check on Mike, and then Mike knocks him out with, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Something? Something heavy. Knocks him mm-hmm. to the ground and escapes out a window. Probably a stuffed mallard or something. It's a great northern. It's a great northern, yeah. Stuff all over the place. <laughs> it's true. Um, so yeah, that's the whole scene. Yep. They escape, or Mike escapes, and then um, go back to the double yes, R. Yes, and this is where Hank yeah, arrives. Yeah, Hank returns. And uh, Norma says, oh, well, she's Hank, yeah, very pissed. Hank says that, sorry, he's late. And Norma says, 48 hours isn't late, it's missing. So he's been gone for two days, yep. and Norma is having none of it. And Hank gives her a line and a half about yeah. how... Oh, there's people in my life exactly. who are trying to get me back. He's got to lay things. low for a couple of days yeah. and, and just reels her back in, which is really... Well, I think uh, it is telling now that you've seen Vivian. Absolutely. It's, it's like this small is... little compliments can smooth her over with no Well, and not only that, but I think I think Norma feels like she can fix Hank, even though she sees how broken he is and how far gone he is. She can still... She says, well, maybe next time you'll let me help. Yeah. Um, so she still is invested enough that she wants to do, to do this. Why? Well, because Hank is just... You know, she replaced her mother with her husband, yeah, right? Yeah. And the fact that the two of them get along like... Yeah, because that's what happens. Uh, and gangbusters. To be, nice, to be fair to Vivian, mm-hmm. uh, she is helping out while she Hank is, is gone. Sure. And she's there, you know, serving dishes, which is kind or of... clearing like, dishes, Clearing probably. dishes or something, which is, you know, decent of her, I guess. Um, but then, yeah, once Hank sees her, of course, yeah, they just get along great. Yeah. And, and Vivian says, oh, invites we'll have dinner, dinner. At, at the Great Northern at 8.30. And Norma is like, well, no, I own a business. Yeah, it's open all the time. I've got to be there. I've got to be here. Someone has to be here. And Hank just, and typical douche stash, is like, no, no, we'll be there. Don't listen to my pretty little wife. I make the decisions around right. here. And, yeah. and goes through with it. And yeah, once again, hate Hank. So, um, <laughs> Really not a fan. No. But. So yeah, we go back to uh, the, the sheriff's station. Sheriff station and Harry. Yeah, is looking out the window at a palliated woodpecker. A what woodpecker? Palliated is that a real, does he say that? Yeah, both he and Pete say it. Because Pete oh. comes in and is like, what you got there, Harry? And yeah. then they look through the binoculars and they have a nice little moment where they're looking at birds. And Yeah, it's like, and I love it. it I think I said this last recording that it looks like National Film Board footage of like from 1968. Or uh, um, uh, Hinterland Who's Who. Do you remember those? No. The Hinterland Who's Who? No. Was that was like a little educational series? Yeah, they were like on CBC or whatever. And, you, mm. you know, in between episodes of yeah yeah and they show like different and, like different birds or whatever and well or, or animals and animals, whatever yeah. you know it was all about the yeah. various yeah fauna of but it, canada it's stock footage of this of yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so then pete informs him that josie's gone yeah. of course harry already knew that uh josie having left him in a tizzy last episode um pete admits that he loved josie yeah yeah. And they, they bond a little bit over this. Yeah. The loss of this woman that they both loved. Then they also bond over what they realize. Yes. Which was some inconsistencies in what Josie said because Josie told Pete that it was her cousin Jonathan or... Yeah. yeah and then it was assistant Mr. Lee to... That, that's... Harry, Harry... She told Harry that the Asian man was her assistant. She told Pete that it was her cousin. And now they're they're kind of putting it together and they, they both realize... They have bad they got bad feelings, feelings about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's a that's as good a summary as they can get. Um, then Coop arrives, and uh, from where I don't know, because he would have been in the same building, but it looks like he's come from outside. Yeah. Um, finds out that or announces that the one-armed man has disappeared, and yeah. they've got to go find him. So, um, 
And then Andy arrives yeah. out in the lobby and sees Lucy holding Gwen's baby and, and fades dead well, away. Yeah, and I love this shot that approaches. It's like he just fades in, like he just like, uh, not fades in, like uh, floats in towards yeah. it. It's like a very smooth, steady uh, and she approach. Just and she just like Madonna there. and child yeah, with this exactly. look on her face. And, and then he it, passes out cold. He just, he it's gets quite glance. funny. Yeah. Because, yeah, so. I mean, does he think that that's... I mean, is he shocked to see her with a baby? Yeah. Is I, he shocked because he thought she was at an abortion clinic? And he can't he possibly, instead came back with a baby? Yeah, like, it's, he can't possibly think this is the baby she birthed, right? No. I, he's I not think, that I think he's just overwhelmed dull. with, like, oh, my God, this could be us. Like, this Maybe, could be that, her that and I sense, and yeah. a baby all together. And he just... It floored him, literally, yeah. so. Man, literally floored him. <laughs> so, yeah, um, maybe. So then we, we go, well, Pete obviously sneaks down to yes. the, the lower yes. He was not cells. just there to visit Mm-mm. Harry, no. And talk about woodpeckers. No. No, he uh, he has a tape that he wants to play for. For Ben. For Ben, and it's a tape of Catherine. Yes. Remember in the last episode, we discovered that uh, Catherine was uh, Mr. Tochimura, yeah. who revealed herself to Pete in a very dramatic fashion. Um, So it's been a a few hours. They must have come up with some kind of a plan, and now they have this tape recording um, where Catherine lays it out for Ben. Well, yeah, that she she was, she remembers, well, she kind of maybe remembers the night that they spent together when Laura died. Um, And then, yeah, she blackmails In exchange for her testimony, she wants the deed to Ghostwood. She'll let him keep, and 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 the the mill. mill. But she'll let him keep, maybe, let him keep the hotel. Yeah. And Ben is overjoyed at first hearing that his alibi is alive. Um, but after finding out that he's he's being kicked down again by yeah. by her, he flips out. and Oh, God. It's um, so his his tantrum at the end is just great because it, it's it's best signified by the visual of fluffy feathers flying yes. all over the place. Like that that is Ben's ability to cause physical pain is to... Fluffy feathers. Yeah, to throw fluffy feathers everywhere. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. He's such a little... Well, and I mean, the very first time we see him in in this episode, he's wiping down the bars and the the sink with a rat, like, with his handkerchief, right? right? Like, he's such a priss. Yeah. Right? So, of course, he's not gonna... He knocks over the bunk beds and he throws a few things around, but it's it's the pillow that's really lasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sits down on the chair and does his fixes his collar yeah. and his tie or whatever yeah. and it's kind of the start of where ben goes yeah from here i mean uh the next couple episodes he has his own storyline yes he does um and it's it's one of the of all the season two storylines we we don't mind it yeah it's not bad it's not bad and there's some good there's some good moments for it so um of all the bad season two storylines yes yes the, yeah the lesser season the lesser two, season two yes. ones this is the least lesser um <laughs> And so I, I just wanted to make one note, is uh-huh. that the mill plot has finally ended, and it's like a quintuple cross, yes. a sextuple cross. I don't even know how many ways they've been double-crossed, but uh, yeah, it finally ends with Catherine basically yeah, everything. everything. So, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I will say it's interesting that Pete is so okay with Catherine's infidelity Well, yeah, like, point. she's describing, like, oh, the night we spent in love. And yeah. it's her husband who's delivering the message. I know, and he's laughing about it, too, yeah. which is kind of strange. So I don't know if it's just where he and Catherine are in their relationship that, yeah. that I they're feel okay like, with it. Yeah, I feel like their relationship is more of, like, a really deep friendship at Maybe. this point. It's not romantic anymore. They, they He still loves her, but it's, it's well, not I, the same I still, way. I still get the sense that he's, he's more of a puppy dog, you know, yeah. to her, and that's... So he's just going to take whatever scraps he can get as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So, poor Pete. Poor Pete. Um, okay, so the next scene we get is uh, in the car, Truman and Cooper in their... Uh, in Ford the, Bronco. 
Is it a Ford Bronco? It is a Ford Bronco. You noticed that? I did, of course. You're a car guy. I am a car guy, and the Bronco. I mean, come on, it's it's I know, the murder I weapon know. of <laughs> the murder vehicle of choice. <laughs> murder weapon. OJ didn't kill anyone with a Ford Bronco. Nobody got it. Tried to get away with one. Um, anyway, they're driving down the highway, and no. Well, first of all, you get Leland actually. Oh, is it? so Leland yes, you're is, right. you're and right. he's just swerving Back across and the forth. road, singing "Story with a Fringe" at this yes. point. Yes, and then and I, I kind of. This is one of those shots that again I feel like it was it was trying to emulate Lynch a little bit. It was it's like the the road is they're not filming from uh, like the dash of the car and and following the twists and turns of the car. It's like uh, the camera is just kind of moving independently off in a chaotic direction, mm. um, but it's not matching the movements of the car. And so there's like this double randomness to to uh, what's being shown. So it's Leland's car drifting and the camera and the drifting, camera drifting independent independently. Of... Yes, thank you for okay explaining it much more no, coherently I... than I could. Sorry. Um, and I, again, it, it... why did I apologize right then? I don't know because you're Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. High five. Uh, and <laughs> and yeah, I just felt like that was like it was it was trying like that that scene doesn't need to be like when Lynch uses. Um, I'll say discombobulation because yeah. I can't think of a better phrase right now. Uh, when he uses that, it's to the effect of showing the an internal, state. yeah, of something. And, okay, granted, Leland's weird, but I don't feel like it needed that at this point. The showing of him swerving across the road is already yeah. showing how mm-hmm. how far gone he is, right? I, I, and well, it is it's not nice... malicious enough. Like, the, that scene does not have any malicious feel to it yet. Um, no. So it, but it is a nice contrast between yes, like, the orderly the car way that Leland is driving and how whacked out that is versus the 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 very the interior, controlled yes. wave that Cooper which is and Truman a, are. a standard steady exactly. shot into the cab and yeah. yeah, Cooper's just sitting there. He's whistling "Sorry" with a fringe, which is another thing that I didn't notice until um, this watch, this watch yeah. through. That I well, I I think I kind of picked up on it, but I really listened for it this time, and he is whistling that same song. Mm-hmm. So it's like. He is on the same wavelength. He's tuned in to something that's yes. happening with Leland. With Leland, yes. Or with Bob. Yeah, potentially Either both. way, yeah, right, yeah, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing that, that strikes me is that, so we, we've seen Leland driving erratically. Mm-hmm. I think we get another cutaway shot of him driving erratically. And then Cooper asks about yes. the driver education, uh, the mandatory driver education yeah. in the state. Yeah, and, and then Truman before says, they see Leland's car, yeah. Cooper's already asking about dri- mandatory driver yeah. education. Truman says, yep, we've got that. And then they see Leland's car come around the corner, and mm. he says, I think we've got a dropout. Yeah. So it's not just a clever... Like, I remember when I first watched it, I thought, oh, that's an odd thing for Cooper to ask that question before alerting the driver of the vehicle to get out of the way of the car that's careening towards him in the opposite mm-hmm. lane. Like, you would just say, watch out, or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that he says it before he even sees the car come around the corner, yeah. suggests that he's, again, on yeah. the same wavelength. Yeah. He's, he's got he's some kind of... He's connected to Leland in some way. Yeah. yeah, so... And it's also just funny, because you're like... Is, yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's asking this question sure. at just the right time, and then, yeah. He's it would never the, happen in real life, but it's, it, it is something that would happen to Cooper. Yeah, exactly. So, so no, yeah. So, they, so anyway, they, they, they pull, pull him over. over. Yeah, and then he says, oh, well, I'm sorry, I just started thinking about... Uh, What's ben happened? And, and, and all blah, this blah, stuff, blah, blah. and then he he feeds another bit of thing to try and get Ben in trouble. Mm-hmm. He says, "Oh well, he took a call and he said something about a dairy," which is like, so like obvious that he's setting it up. And then, uh, of course, yeah. he, oh no, uh, maybe it was a diary. diary. Well, no, Truman, Truman yeah, really promised it, but yeah. yeah, and then yeah, he's like, "Oh, maybe that was it," and it's yeah, again. So anyway, um, 
they, I think they're, a call comes in from the truck. Yeah, so Truman goes to, goes to the, listen to that. And Leland invites Cooper around to the trunk to take a look at his clubs. So remember, <laughs> these are not just golf clubs. He's There's... got Maddie's body wrapped up with these golf clubs. So he, Leland is inviting Cooper to see. Maddie's body, yeah, theoretically. Like exactly. If he's, like, if he, okay, he pulls one out. He pulls up a club. Right. And but he we'll doesn't talk know about... that Cooper is going to stop halfway No, and if Cooper says, oh, that's great, show me the sixth iron, he'll be like, oh, well, yeah. and he looks down and there's a hand in there. Exactly. Well, you so know, it's, it's, it's like... really, he's he's playing that line. And I really do think it supports the idea that he's just done with Bob, with yeah. Leland. He, Bob, Bob is completely is, done. He doesn't He's taken over. Anymore. He's having him drive around. Like, he could have been crashed and of killed course. in that when he's but driving. But it doesn't matter crazy because like that. Yeah. Bob's done with him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but yes, he grabs the club, and you were going to say something well, about that. It's just, he, he holds it like he's going to use it to kill yeah. uh, Cooper. And he, he approaches, he only gets with like a foot or two away. And then Cooper gets a call from Truman to say, found Mike. Yeah. Uh, we captured him again. Um, come. And then Cooper mm-hmm. jets off and says, I'll see the clubs later. Yeah. And Leland's just like, okay. And then he puts it back. But like, was he what, going what to bash happened? his head? Would like, he have done that no in idea. plain view of the sheriff? In Maybe. broad daylight. I mean, this this Leyland is really quite unhinged. And I have to say, the next episode, mm-hmm. he covers it up a lot better. The, yeah. the, that Leyland is not the same Leyland that's in this episode. No. This is like this is like uh, a, a serial killer who's on the high, still riding the high. Yeah, from, from I a, suppose. A kill, yeah. You know? And he thinks he's invincible. And of course. Yeah. And I think that's where where Bob is at right now. Yeah. He's, he, or it's just the he's, thrill. It's... That's what's being channeled anyway. Yeah. So. I guess. That's I mean, it, yeah, it goes away a little quick for me. But yeah, no, I'll buy it. Um, yeah, it's a super creepy scene. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And and they're at the golf course. Like, they stop right yeah. by the golf course. And so there's, there's that people. same sound of yeah, chipping, of chipping or... away. Yeah. So. Um, it, I, I was wondering about this because um, Phil Gerard was found near the waterfall. Yes, that's what they say. Which is, uh, we know where um, Maddie's body is found at the end of this episode. Did he... Was he there because he felt Bob was going to be there? Well, maybe because Bob yeah. hadn't been there yet. Because Maddie's body was, I presu- I'm, I'm presuming, I'm or I'm assuming that that's where Leland was headed. Yeah, maybe before or after he played yeah, around so golf, he was going to dump the body. Waiting, at the, yeah, waiting for Bob the there, and then he'll confront Bob maybe about it or something. Right, because that's that's what Mike's whole raise on Deitra is to, yeah. to to stop Bob. to stop Bob. Yeah. So if he knew that Leland slash Bob was going to be at the falls, is that why? Philip slash Mike went down there. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Yeah, me too. But anyway. Um, we get the uh, back to the sheriff's station. We have Lucy taking care of Andy after he's... Yeah, and uh, what's her name again? Gwen. Gwen. Interrupting. Yeah, she, Gwen's one of those non-Twin Peaks characters, I yeah. would say. And it's, it's understandable. It feels like a Twin Peaks character that could have existed, but just doesn't have the... The fleshed out no. nature. It's, she's she's very quirky, much like but... Dick Tremaine in, yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. Dick gets better in future episodes because mm-hmm. um, they build up a bit more of him. And he just mm-hmm. he has, again, not a good storyline, but yeah. it's, 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 I don't know, it's enjoyable in a, in a weird kind of way. Yeah. Um, but here, she's just here and she's just making fun of Andy for his sperms. Well, and, making fun of all men, which is a very, yeah. like, second wave feminism yeah, very type 90s thing to do. Kind of, yeah. Like, oh, another sperm gun on the loose. Like, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's, it is odd. Um, but basically, the gist of it, and then Andy and Lucy both tell her to shut up and leave. Yeah. And she does. Uh, and then Andy says, well, I, I'm the father now because he explains right. his sperm situation to 
Lucy, and then she seems just more perturbed because now it could be either of them right. that's the father. Uh, you know, so she's a little upset about that. That's it. Yep. Nothing um, But we have Gerard brought back to the station to uh, confront Ben, I guess, and, and do his yes. investigation, I guess. Um, Mike is going to try and suss out where Bob is, and he, he says he's nearby, but he doesn't... Er, does he say that? No, he says he's been near. He's or, He has been close. Or something like or that. something like that. Um, but, but it's past tense. It's not... Yeah, so it's not... I mean, we know, obviously, that this is not Bob, mm-hmm. but nobody in the room does. And what Gerard says doesn't clear Ben, but it doesn't, you know, point the finger directly either. And, of course, Jerry is like, who's Bob? I don't know who Bob... Do you know a Bob? Like, he's you know, playing that because, uh, and, and it really does um, serve a purpose here because it's like, um, who is Bob? Yeah. Why is this even a line of yeah, inquiry that yeah. they're investigating? Because th- this is not something that would stand up in a court. And, and for all his, you know, missteps legally in his career, at least Jerry knows that yeah. there's no Bob that's involved in this yeah, case, yeah. that earthly Bob anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's in that sense, uh, it does serve a purpose, but, uh, but that comes back in a in a few seconds when Truman and Cooper leave. Well, first of all, uh, Jerry convinces uh, Truman to convict or to right. charge yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to let my client go or charge him. And then Truman's like, fine, fine charge, charge him. him with murder. And, <laughs> thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Cooper steps outside with Truman and, and uh, you know, Harry finally, you know, backs out from Cooper's approach, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't follow. I don't think Ben Warren killed Laura Palmer. What? We should release him. Cooper, I've backed you every step of the way, but I've had enough of the mumbo-jumbo. I've had enough of the dreams, the visions, the dwarfs, the giants, Tibet, and the rest of the hocus-pocus. No, we got hard evidence against Ben Horn. It's my job to lock him up. You're right, Harry. This is your backyard. Sometimes an outsider can forget that. And he walks away, and yeah. that seems to be the end of it. Of course, we know it's not. But Because, um, yeah, after this... Uh, oh, no, sorry, well, that's we, not the next scene. We yeah. jump to the Great Northern again, and we have the, the dinner between the, the Smythe-Niles and the Jennings yeah. couples, um, where we discover that Ernie and Hank did time together. Yes. And that Ernie was in the slammer for... Some kind of, I, I don't know if it's tax evasion or theft. Yeah, it sounded like theft. Like it he did. stole from a savings loan, he yeah. said. Yeah. But Hank um, accuses him of stealing from a church. Church. Well, so, yeah, he probably just wasn't caught for the church. <laughs> but anyways. Well, I mean, Ernie is very clear that yeah. he, that there's a line there. I would never yeah, steal, would never from, steal a from a church. But anyways, uh, first of all, I love that uh, Hank is eating ribs. Yeah. Is, but Hank's just got his fingers on of his course, food. and because He's Hank got a little a, bib. It's just Hank being Hank. I yeah. love... Hank is just perfect. He's such a perfect jerk. I just yeah. he's he's great that way. Um and he's also wearing his domino, domino bolo tie. Bolo tie. Which is just ridiculous. But it has the number it has two fours on it. And Does it? Still, yeah, and we never really figured out. I, I need to do more research and yeah, figure we'll out. Yeah, we'll look into that what means, that but... actually means. But anyways, yeah. Um Ernie's got a history there. And yeah. then Hank basically prepares to blackmail Ernie. Yes, because obviously Vivian doesn't know. Vivian has hired him to be her uh, financial advisor or as something. As well as husband, yeah. Yes, so um, it she, he obviously doesn't want her to know about his past. Yeah. Uh, so Hank sees a golden opportunity. So Hank has not changed no. one bit. If, if we thought he did before this, no. 
there's no... Well, especially because we don't know where he was those last two days. The last time we right. saw him was him getting held up by uh, Jean Reno. Yeah, at, at One, One Eye Jack. Jack. Which was so, the, that was the last time we saw him. Yeah, so, so something's happened in those 48 hours. We don't know what, yeah. but uh, obviously... Well, he's, he's he's in with the Renaults, I think, is what we're supposed to understand. Yeah, I'm, well... Knowing I mean, he didn't... Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah, knowing what we know, but uh, at this point, it's, it's yeah. still not clear exactly, but yeah. Um, yeah, so then Hank... Uh, has toasts their yeah, future and right and their dealings. His, yeah, and he drinks a beer and the slams whole it down. Beer. Oh, he's just such just, a yeah. such a hand. And I love the last shot. Norma just hates everyone at that table. I know it's, she <laughs> cannot believe this shit. No, it's so great. She Poor should Norma. be at her diner. Yeah, yeah. Who was at the diner? Toast. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, then we get to the. The last scene is uh, Cooper in his room. It's nighttime. He's bemoaning. Well, not bemoaning. He's noting the lack of stars, yeah. which is significant, I guess. And uh, talking to Diane. And uh, then there's a knock. There's a knock at the door, and it's Audrey, who uh, comes in, and she. It's it's kind of a cute little like uh, moment where she. I, he's he's shirtless. I guess changing the dressing on because he was shot. You know, a week yeah, ago. Yeah, a week ago. Yeah. Um, so he throws his shirt on, but it's unbuttoned. And she points and she's like, oh, is that where you got shot? Um, and it's just the way she says it that's that's quite... It, it does really underscore the childlike nature of... Which, again, in, in rap, the Essential Wrapped in Plastic, John Thorne um, uh, writes out some of the, the changes that were made to the script and how this was a much more... Um, I don't want to say it's sexually charged, but uh, it seems like it was more suggestive mm. and it was rewritten to be tamer yeah um, because they finished the, plot, the romance yeah. yeah. storyline because um, originally he was supposed to answer the door completely shirtless uh, and she was supposed to reach out and try and touch him or something uh, okay. which changes the whole yeah dynamic. It, it makes it yeah it makes it definitely more charged yeah but um but then she does she is legitimately concerned because well maybe not concerned but She's, well, she says that all she ever wanted from her father was to for him to love her. Because she knows that what she told Cooper the day before has yeah. led him to arrest her father. And yeah. maybe, I don't know if she's having second thoughts about it, but she's she's not okay with it. Yeah. And I think this is another moment where um, it's clear that she needs some support from someone. And she's not getting it from her family. So she comes to Agent Cooper. And that's... Something that I'm going to miss from these yes. characters because they uh, they don't get many more scenes like no. this. Um, Although they do find a way back to each other many times throughout the series. There's scenes true. in future episodes, again, because we're re-recording this now, yeah. future ones where I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot they had this little yeah. moment together and stuff. So yeah. it is, you know, they're not totally done no. with each other just yet. Um, um, but then we get this this side yeah. story where she she goes on and tells Cooper and insists that when I was the, at One Eye Jacks. Yeah, you can put the, oh. the quote I don't want to put the whole clip in. I just want... Because it's awkward. It feels it really awkward. awkward that she's so focused on, like... It's a very, like, 19th century... That's what you said when we were watching. You're yeah. like, you're well, like because like, it's 1750 and And my whole my worth as a, val- is, as a woman yeah. is in my virginity. Like, yeah. But, just, but the fact that that is what she's thinking about and that she wants him to know so badly that... Uh, well, I think she's yeah, still I mean, a virgin, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and then he is well, still and that's so. The thing. Well, he doesn't. Yeah. No, but he's like, I know. I know. Yeah, don't worry. You don't have to tell me. I, right. I trust it's just, you. It's. It's a weird. Yeah, they're both playing on that level, which again, it feels like a holdover from the romantic. Of course. Plot line, right? Of course, and I think um, that is, it's it's one of those scenes that okay, so as an avowed 
Cooper, Audrey Shipper, I like the sexual tension that even is present in a scene where it's clear that it's not going anywhere not happen, in the yeah. show. Um, but but from a, a, a from the standpoint of the writers on the on the show and the actors playing the scene, like why would you play this scene that way? Yeah, why because why it, why does that scene need to exist? Like why does that dialogue why need does to the exist dialogue anymore? Why does dialogue need to exist at all? Like, like it doesn't really. it doesn't make any sense. No. So so it's unless on, it's, on. it's unless it's to set up. Um, Future they're, they're, things yeah, with Audrey. Own, yeah. is, well, they both have romantic storylines in season two that don't involve each other. Yeah. And so maybe this is... I guess. But anyway, uh, it leads nowhere it's because um, Cooper gets a call. And uh, the music kind of turns dark. Yeah. And then he asks a couple questions. He's very concerned. And then he tells her, go back to your room. Lock the door. Lock the door. Because I told you so. Yeah. And then and, she's uh, out and leaves. And, and then he goes off to the river, and they're the pulling falls, Maddie's yeah. body from, from the water. Yeah, and it's, it's a, again, that's a, I like how that one's shot, actually, of all the, the weird kind of shots in this episode. Uh, this is the one I do like. It's, it's kind of chaotic, and there's a bunch of people walking around and, yeah. and disturbing the scene and everything. And, uh, you know, you get a shot of a quick glance at Hawk, who's looking down at Maddie's mm-hmm. body, and it's very chaotic. And then, um, Truman steps down and removes the plastic. Kind of, it's very it's very similar to the first. The same music is playing yeah. um, from the pilot when Laura's it's body Laura's was discovered. Body. Except for yeah, the feeling is different. It's it's nighttime instead of daytime. Yes, and it's a dark haired Maddie, yes, not a blonde haired Laura. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, and Cooper is there exactly right. And so. even the angle of the the show sure, of her yeah. face is is different that than uh, Laura's. But yeah. That's that's the how the episode ends. Yeah, so a big Maddie's shock for the for the law enforcement team, not for us. Nope. Um, so now we've got some more. Uh, it's urgent that they've got to because this guy's taking Killing another again. victim. Yep. So they've they've got to they've got to catch him before he strikes a third time. Yeah. Or fourth time if you count Teresa, I guess. But yeah, third time within the last like three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. And that's um, the episode. That's the episode. And, um, yeah, so again, re-recording this one. Yes. Second time for us. Please, please, owls, leave our computer alone. Yes, we'd like to not have to do this too many times. <laughs> as much as we love recording these, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get another one of us just being like, so, it's this episode, again. <laughs> Stuff happens. The end. The end. No. <laughs> If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter, that's at bickeringpeaks. Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you.